This is the Making a Musical Podcast. I'm your host, Jacqueline Thrapp. The podcast follows the development and execution of my new critically acclaimed musical, Good Morning New York. We open off-Broadway at the Players Theater January 9th, 2020. We have raised $1,806 so far. That number's after fees from the Indiegogo page. We have to raise $13,000, but don't worry. We're getting close. Next week, that number will surge if all goes well. We'll have to see. But by the way, you can buy tickets right now. Mm-hmm. Opening night tickets, other night tickets, closing night tickets, whatever ticket you want, you can buy it. Visit goodmorningnewyorkmusical.com to get your ticket on. You can still donate to our Indiegogo page as well. You can also still buy a shirt for 20 bucks. Tank, tea, there's so many things you can do if you want to get involved. Yes, you can. Also, like and subscribe to this podcast. And I want to say thanks, everybody, who's sticking around because I know that the audio hasn't necessarily been the best. I have been on jury duty and out of the studio, so I've been scrapping this up with phone calls and and recording in the bathroom at the courthouse because I was an alternate. So it's like, what am I supposed to do? Sit here in the hall? Nah, I'm going to go in the bathroom and record. The the acoustics are better. (laughs) Whatever. Anyway, the bathroom recordings are done and I'm back in the studio on Monday. I have some updates for you. The music and the script will be finalized on April 1st. That's when I'm going to bring Dylan Adler in and we're going to talk about what we changed and we might even give you a little sneak peek about what we changed, but not just yet. After Dylan comes in, we have the band that we're going to be bringing on, not necessarily on the podcast, but we're going to start recording an album for the show this spring. Now, I don't know when it's going to be out. Casting announcements also haven't been made. I haven't even reached out to the cast yet because I still, um, I'm not there yet. We still have to get the instrumentals down and all that stuff. So I found a recording studio in New York City that'll charge uh, $550 for a 10-hour session. So I'm really hoping that all goes well because we might have um, an album really soon. The launch party will probably still be in the fall, but it's nice to get ahead of things. You know what I'm saying? So with all these really exciting developments happening with the show, there's also the business side of things where I've been going to all these networking events. And at these events, I've noticed something insanely annoying. I'm going to bring on my longtime best friend, Cassie Vager. Legit. I've known this girl since kindergarten. She's coming on the podcast right after these messages to talk about something really annoying and the solutions. And if you are anybody who is trying to produce something primarily a female trying to produce, not even a show, but if it's a business, you might relate to what we're about to talk about. It's going to be good. Stay tuned. This week, I'm bringing on my longtime friend and Denver-based photographer and marketing expert, Cassandra Vager. Cassie, welcome to the podcast. Hey, Jackie. Thanks for having me. No problem. Now, you are probably one of the most independent women that I know. Thank you for the compliment. I like to think so. (laughs) Because, well, you're always out there doing something new. You have your own business. You take wedding photos, but you're also working marketing. So I have a question for you. You, as a woman in a field, because most of your fields are surrounded by men primarily, um, right? Outside of my wedding photography business, I work in marketing, um, and I've always worked for male-dominated industries or companies. 
Right. Can you explain what companies those um, were or kind of, you don't have to say their names. Yeah, no worries. I worked for a general contractor for two years. So as you can imagine, a construction company, um, I was one female. So there was uh, 13 females in the company and 150 men. Um, I moved on to software companies uh, that were highly dominated by men. Um, There were probably five women and the first company was five women. 20 men ish. And then the second company was um, about that same level, but with uh, 150 employees. And then currently I'm the only female employee um, out of a tech firm with eight other men. And that's why you're the perfect person for this podcast (laughs) talk. Because lately I'm, you know me, you've known me since kindergarten. I'm not the type of person to, if there's like a downfall or a failure, I'm not the person to pull that woman card and be like, it's because I'm a woman. I don't think I've ever said that. I Because, you know, my dad kind of raised me to be a bro. Yeah. Mine too. <laughs> <laughs> to stand up for That's... myself, right? Yeah. It's not necessarily be a bro. Like, I'm a lady, but I also, I, I stand up for myself. <laughs> right. Because I always thought like, okay, well, when I fail, it's just like I wasn't good enough or I failed at something. I never, I'm not the person to say, oh, he just hates women. Um, so that's why this podcast is a little bit weird to have this as a topic because some people do pull these cards, um, rightfully so at times, but sometimes it's just a, an excuse, but I actually have some examples that I wanted to bring up about what these networking events are like, just as a female producer in her twenties, trying to raise 13,000 for a show. So I'm going to read you some examples and then we can talk about it. So I've had men call my off-Broadway show cute. I've had a lot of men call my off-Broadway show cute. I had a man say that if my opening investment is lower than $250,000, then it sucks and isn't worthy of um, being a good musical. I've had another one saying uh, he'll invest as a pickup line rather than a business deal. And the last person I met was a marketing guy for a coffee brand. And everyone who listens to the podcast knows I'm always looking for sponsors. I really want a coffee sponsor because it goes well with the podcast. I can drink the coffee, post it on Instagram and all that. And also for the show, I'd love a coffee sponsor. And then he said, oh, great, let's talk. And then the day that we were supposed to meet, he was like, all right, come over and meet me at this party. (laughs) It's like I just I didn't respond to him because people keep treating me like, I'm some cute girl with a dream or like I'm just a piece of meat. <laughs> I feel you. <laughs> right? Well, has this happened for in your industry as well? Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously, it's a little different. I'm not normally looking for investors. I'd be looking for partner uh, partners in a different sense. Like if I was with a construction company, I'd be trying to find architects to partner with. Um, if I was working in software, I was generally, even though I was marketing, I'd be going to conferences, filling in as a sales role. And, um, as you can imagine, I was generally sometimes the only female in the room and I get treated like, because it is construction, I don't have a construction background. Like I didn't go study it. So I become cute and I have men tell me, oh, they just brought you here because you're a girl and it's a room full of men. So, of course, everyone's going to want to come talk to you, um, but not for the right reasons. Um, I generally have, it's usually older men, um, hit on me at conferences. 
um, ask me out or just say really inappropriate things um, when I try to have serious conversations with them. And it does get agitating um, because I, I am a professional. I know what I'm talking about. And even though I might not have 30 years experience, it might be more like eight years experience or whatnot, it doesn't mean it's not relevant. And it doesn't mean I shouldn't be treated like anyone else. Um, it's just the industry and I've learned, I've learned it. Um, I will call people out on it if they treat me differently, but most How of the many... time I just, most of the time I brush it off and just move along. If you had to ballpark it, so let's say one um, out of every 10 guys, how many of them would try to date you first before asking about your business? Um, it de- you know, it depends on the conference and who's there and the age and the demographic, but I'd say at least uh, one to two people per day at a conference or something like that. I wouldn't say it's out of every 10 or one out of every 10 or anything like that, but um, it is pretty prevalent. Because at these networking events, I probably have six out of 10 guys coming up to me and talking about like, they're, they're not asking about my business. They're trying to like date me or get in my pants or buy me a drink. (laughs) And, And maybe it's a New York city thing. Like, one of these networking events was full of cougars one time. So I was just like, all right, this is fun. I probably shouldn't say that. Well, I'll just say one of these networking events that I went to was very full of a lot, a lot of women who were looking for a rich guy. And maybe guys think that when people go to that, they're looking for a rich guy. But it's hard to, like, change that mindset. I mean, in the reverse role, this past year I went to Denver Startup Week. And that's where I'm based out of. So, yeah, it's going to be very different than New York City. But I went to Denver Startup Week, and I had three girlfriends go, and they told me the reason they were going was specifically to try and find rich husbands. Um, oh, see, there you go. See, they exist. That never even crossed my mind. Um, I think I'm more business-oriented than a lot of other females, and that's like a complete another topic I would love to talk about sometime. Um, but when I come to the table, I'm usually coming to the table um, looking to learn something new, looking for business partners, looking to better myself, looking to better my company. And I'm not usually going to a networking event to pick up a hot date or, or to, um, you know, score a rich husband. I think that like gives women in the working world a bad, bad stigma. I don't think I've ever went out with anyone that I met at, at these events. I know that people have tried and like, I also, I always, we always, even in person, it ends on a good note where it's like, all right, great. Let's talk about either sponsoring or I want to hear about more about your musical. But like the next text that I get from them is like something sexual and something and or something where it's a date. And I'm just so uncomfortable yeah, by it. Absolutely. Like, And even guys that I didn't meet at these networking events, some of them I say that I have a musical and they're just like, how about maybe I'll invest in your show? They just... Say it as a pickup line, and it's so frustrating. Cutting in here real fast to talk about sleep. Can you recall a time when your mom yelled at you to make your bed? Or could you recall a time waking up and your toes were coming out of the covers, freezing? That is the story of my life because I don't have heat in my room. It's in my apartment, but not my room. So that's why I want to tell you about ZSOC. ZSOC is a patented bedding product which solves two major issues. The ZSOC eliminates the everyday hassle of making your bed. Let me repeat that. You'll never have to make your bed 
again. It also keeps your toes tucked in no matter how much you toss and turn at night. If you want warmth from your nose to your toes, you gotta check out Z-Sock. Here's how you do it. Visit zsock.com. That has three Z's though. So it's Z-Z-Z-S-O-C-K.com. There's also a link in the notes section of this episode. This is gonna change the way you sleep. You're gonna be happy you checked it out. What are some ways that you could, you know, actively like fish out who's actually interested in your show? I mean, this sounds like a lot of work, but it's like it's the same thing uh, people in sales do all the time. They want to figure out who is an actual lead and you have to go through and qualify those leads. How do you qualify people that are telling you they're interested in your show and who aren't actually interested in your show? So what I do is I send them the contract (laughs) and and usually I don't hear back after, after I send them the contract. Well, the first thing I do is I say that I'm unavailable, which is not true. I am available, but I'm unavailable for them. (laughs) And then after that, um, then I send them the contract and every time I send somebody a contract, like they immediately disappear and I mean, that's going to happen in the business world anyway, I think. Um... Not every time. That's actually a lie. Only uh, most of the time. I, had, I have had some great, um, great I... potential investors that I cannot announce yet. So for my photography <laughs> business, I have brides that tell me they'll hire me, tell me they're signing the contract, and then I never receive it from them. I'd say a good rule of thumb is one out of 10 brides book with me. Um, a hundred percent of the brides that meet with me, book with me, but like online interactions only or something like that's usually one out of 10. Um, so it's just, it just kind of depends. Like that is, that is just the business world. Like he was said, like, we see that at work all the time. You send someone a contract and then you wait either six months to hear back or you never hear back at all or. Right. It's interesting. I've noticed that people, whether it's a sponsorship or someone investing, I have noticed the ones that are kind of like, um, not short with you, but it's a quicker conversation. They're like, Oh, cool. I'm interested in over the contract. Those are usually the ones that go through. Oh, really? Yeah. It's not too much of like banter and flirting and like, where do you live? It's not like that. It's more like, (laughs) Oh, cool. So there you go. That's how you're going to qualify your leads for now on. If there was banter or flirting, you're just going to pass that one right up. (laughs) Right. Exactly. The ones, it's so funny because there have been some leads that I've had for sponsors where like, I think, I don't know if they liked me that much, but they asked me to send them a contract and I did. And then they're like, they send it to their marketing people and then we make a deal and then we move forward. So stuff like that. It's, it, it does work. Um, I think maybe I should just start putting like a wedding ring on when I go oh, to these. I can tell you that does not work. Oh, from experience. Okay. Really? I have a Wait, fake, you've done that? Yes. I have a fake <laughs> engagement slash wedding ring, whatever you want to call it. Um, cause I used to work a lot of golf tournaments. So like we would sponsor a whole at a golf tournament and I would sit there and I'd either pass out margaritas or I would pass out swag, whatever, you know, whatever. Um, and I would always wear a fake wedding ring, um, because I thought that would, uh, usually when people are drinking, that's when they're more likely to hit on you or flirt with you inappropriate in a work environment. Um, I would wear that and thought it was going to make it better and it didn't. It actually, um, 
proved to be worse. It was more like, oh, you're you're off limits. So even if I say something to you, like I know nothing's going to happen or maybe it's more of a challenge and I would definitely get hit on more even with the ring on. Interesting. Maybe I could like stuff my belly and look five months pregnant. I mean, (laughs) try try the ring. Try the ring. Uh, I will. Here's the thing though. What if I do meet someone that I do like at one of those networking events and it's like, oh, this ring's a fake. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the likelihood of that is pretty slim usually. It is pretty slim. I haven't met anyone that I, and there's usually, yeah, I I usually like walk around these networking things and look at everyone's name tag because I'm always going for the people who have like a startup app or a business because I know that they're the ones that are trying to get their name out there yeah and However, and ads based on my podcast is cheap smaller funds so um be aware like I work currently for a startup I came from a company that was 25 no it's like actually 30 years old and my marketing budget there was way over $120,000 a year um, I left, I go to the startup now, the startup's so much fun, better culture, better everything. Um, but I have $0 marketing funds just because we are a startup. Interesting. So, um, I'm more apt to find free partnerships that are going to benefit me rather than giving someone money. Yeah. I do like those in kind partnerships because I work for marketing for this other show in New York city, the super crazy fun time variety game show hour. That's a fun name. <laughs> and, and they always like, we, I always get um, partnerships, whether it's in kind donations or a little bit of money. And then we'll like give away the gifts or the prizes to the audience from a certain company that um, invested in that show, not invested who like would donate some money to the show. So yeah. In kind yeah, is it, great. Um, if you can, I love it. Like in kind is great. Money's always great too though. <laughs> I know. Or just know. finding someone to help you, you know, blast some social media posts who has a bigger following. That kind of thing is always good too. Yeah. And I'm going to bring you on a separate podcast to talk about that because you know a lot about <laughs> that. So we will be talking about influencer marketing and marketing in general on a different podcast with you because that is certainly one of your expertise. Because um, I'm always trying to find when it comes to sponsors, I've been looking for a coffee sponsor for so long because. I know that I can't pay the cast what I want to pay for Off-Broadway, but I want to make it up with perks. So I want to have, like, coffee being donated to us for free, and we give them sponsorships. But then our cast has, like, coffee at rehearsals and everything and behind the stage. Like, I want to have all these in-kind donations to make our cast feel happy. That's pretty cool. That sounds good. Yeah. I know, but it's hard when it's like, hey, do you want to talk about coffee? And it's like, come over to this party full of 100 people and we'll talk business. <laughs> Work it, girl. Work it. And I even had to respond. And I asked him, like, well, I didn't respond that night because I, I didn't want to go. But then the next day I was like, hey, just so just, you know, like, I couldn't tell if last night was a date or a party. So I just didn't go. And I have no regrets. Well, Cassie, thanks for coming on and everybody listening. You're going to hear much more from her as we move on in this process because Cassie, she took the photo that you're listening to this podcast on. She's taken pretty much if there's ever a good photo of me, that's likely because Cassie took it. Now stick around for next week because we have a producer coming on to talk about how she's raising money. If you guys have comments about this conversation 
or the pitch conversation, I really want to know them. You can go to our Instagram page at Good Morning New York Musical. Um, you can also go to mine, Jacqueline Thrapp. Shoot me a DM about comments you have or questions you have about raising money because it's very hard and, and it's very hard when you're low budget. And it's all obviously hard when you're low budget and single. <laughs> all right, guys, like and subscribe to this podcast, please. Don't forget to buy a shirt for us, goodmorningnewyorkmusical.com. Donate to our Indiegogo page. Um, thank you to all of our sponsors. And by the way, I already said it, and I'm saying it again, buy a ticket. Opening night, those tickets are up. There are tickets for every show that we have in 2020 up. You want to get it now because these are going to be hot sellers when the world knows about it. So buy your ticket now, goodmorningnewyorkmusical.com. We will see you next week.